Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Roastathon 7.0. I'm Chelsea, and I'm ambivalent about beaches, actually. With me is my co-host Arzu, who hates sand as much as Anakin Skywalker. Hello there. And special guest Armand, who agrees with RJ Harrison that beaches are awesome. I mean, they are. Like, what's not to love? His job is just beach. <laughs> my job is beach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a timely reference for us. But this episode is not going to air for like three months. Probably. <laughs> Very dated for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about... The very last episodes, 25 and 26, of the half-hour animated show Stargate Infinity. End of an era. Such an iconic show. What are we going to do now that it's over? I don't know. Our lives have no meaning anymore. I'm genuinely so sad that it's done. <laughs> yeah, I was like watching the last episode and the opening credits started. And I was thinking about going up to get some more water. And then I was like, no, I need to watch the credits in the last time because <laughs> i know i'm never gonna watch this show again might listen to the theme song though <laughs> you really brings back to? memories just just the theme song not the rest of the show well kira agrees she's gonna kira, sing with you kira's got taste <laughs> so we've got episode the illustrated stacy which premiered on march 17th 2003 was written by paul francis and michelle Troyer. The Long Haul, premiered March 24th, 2003, was written by Michael Edens and Mark Edward Edens. And they were directed, they were both directed by Sergei Cicerone, Pascal Galgri, Will Munoz, and Bernard Legault. So last time I'm going to have to introduce like 20 people <laughs> at the top of every episode. <laughs> so if this is the first and or the only podcast episode about Stargate Infinity that you're listening to, one, I'm sorry. And two, maybe it's for the best because we can tell you all the good and bad of the show without you having to watch through any of it if you don't want to. <laughs> but you should go back and listen to the rest. And if you have Suffer with us. listened to every podcast episode, and especially if you've watched every Infinity episode with us, you're a little crazy, but I love that about you because we're crazy too. So <laughs> this is going to be bittersweet, but uh, we had a lot of fun discussing the show. So in case this is your first episode, quick recap is that Stargate Infinity is set in approximately 2027 with a futuristic SGC, but they only spend one episode there, so that part's not really important. (laughs) (laughs) There's an enemy that are kind of lizard-esque called the Tlacan that are trying to invade Earth. Maybe, I don't know, they seem to kind of given up on that lately, and they're trying to frame Gus Bonner, who's the team leader with murder, and also trying to catch this um, new person slash creature slash being that they meet called Draga because they think she's an ancient, which is... uh, We're actually going to talk about this today because it's a problem. (laughs) He has some cadets with him. Uh, His niece, Stacy. We've got Seattle, RJ Harrison, and token alien Echo. So every episode... Our team blasts through the Stargate at 60 miles an hour. That continues in these episodes, of course. We cannot not have that. And, you know, we have a lot of, you know, racism and sexism and a lot of isms in this show. So we'll work through those together. 
let's get started with the illustrated Stacy. Right off the bat, we have the Stargate opening on another planet, and there's an alarm going off. And this is the first time that an alarm has gone off when the Stargate's <laughs> activating. So I'm really confused right off the bat. It got a system update. I guess. <laughs> they just pushed that update. I don't know. <laughs> or just the locals installed an alarm so that they would know when the Stargate's activated, maybe? So this is not the first time the locals have dealt with uh, the SGC, then. Maybe. Like, when those people show up, these white men are dangerous. I don't know. I don't, what, that makes It made me wonder if that was, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, if it was an alarm that the characters could actually hear, or if it was just for our purposes? Oh, diegetic or non-diegetic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, given that we haven't had one thus far, I feel like it's diegetic. Yeah. Like it, it exists within the universe of the story. Okay. So, of course, they come zipping through the Stargate and they have to slam on their brakes because they witness a scene of what looks like a giant snake attacking some people. And so they immediately go to like attack the giant snake too but i'm like why do you assume that the humanoid people are the good guys what if they are hunting this rare animal for sport it's this human centric bs yeah or humanoid centric bs the racism continues to shine where's the animal rights activist like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why, why are you just assuming that the giant snake is bad you know I thought that was Seattle's job to like I know Seattle is stereotypically a friend of animals she like has a special bond with horses and Draga so <laughs> horses and Draga <laughs> those specific things and motorcycles also animals <laughs> apparently <laughs> And for some reason, Harrison doesn't come through the Stargate with the rest of them. I I don't know. Was he, like, picking his wedgie on the other side before he came through? I don't know. But he comes flying through finally and almost flies directly into this giant snake's mouth, which is funny. Um, <laughs> and so we get... They chase the snake off and we get a good look at these people called the Neural. And they, they've got an interesting design. They have... Their main arms are super long, so they can, like, walk on all fours if they want to. But then they've got these, like, mini arms coming out of their armpits, which the main purpose seems to be playing the drums and waving their hands in the air like they just don't care. So that is an interesting choice. This is how you know they were getting to the end of the series, (laughs) where they were just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Out of... uh character ideas and well it's like they wanted them to have four arms but they weren't quite sure where to put the extra set of arms they didn't really like think it out so it's like well just stick them in the armpits it's fine some people have armpit hair they have extra arms yeah you know totally normal (laughs) and so these people have a really beautiful body paint and so the team is kind of commenting on it mostly I think Stacy and, and Seattle kind of like the body paint and Echo admits that he doesn't understand makeup and I think Draga also doesn't understand makeup, but it very quickly turns into a thing of like, these people have tattoos and that's bad and 
we should not have tattoos. And that's like the main gist of the whole episode. And it's very weird. It Okay. It's weird for a couple reasons. One, because Seattle has tattoos. Yes. And I know she says she regrets it. And so does Stacy. Like, they both have tattoos already. Yeah. So that's one thing. The whole no makeup angle is weird. And I also feel like this is not the first time that we've had this conversation. No, it's not. There was another episode where Stacy got shunned for, like, wanting to get a tattoo or something. Yeah, or, like, something to do with her hair. Like, okay, so this is not the first time we've had this conversation. But then also, they barge into this planet with the, you know, the local, presumably indigenous population. Yeah. Talking about their celebratory tattoos. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting there going, that's wrong. You shouldn't want that. I'm like... It's just a ceremonial tattoo. And they even say, like, you don't know. Yeah, the locals are like, this is an ancient tradition passed down by the women in our in our culture. (laughs) It's such a clear analog for like existing real world earth customs. And with their whole chest, they're Uh like, This is bad. And the moral of the episode supports that. Yeah. And what's so bizarre is so if you haven't watched the show, Stacy. She has half of her head shaved, the half that has hair is pink, and half that doesn't have hair has a tattoo of, like, a circle with a dot in it. And she also always has blue lips, whether or not they're tattooed blue or it's blue lipstick that she happens to have with her on this long voyage that they didn't plan for. I don't know. But it's like, are you trying to tell me that the circle on her shaved head is actually makeup that she's applying every day perfectly just meticulously drawing a circle on her own head every morning like it's weird to be a tattoo right like that can't be a birthmark it's too perfect so (laughs) if the issue is not tattoos then the issue is tribal tattoos i don't know and then and then it's not even like the lesson is this is their culture and it's appropriative for you to do that. Never mind the fact no. that they invited them to come do it. That's a whole other thing. But like, if the moral was it's appropriative, fine. Mm-hmm. But the moral is that it's wrong. Yeah, it was never, you shouldn't get your face painted because that's infringing upon their culture. It's, you shouldn't get your face painted because tattoos are bad. It was so weird. It's like, it's like they retroactively realized that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that they're pushing these tattoos on kids. Not pushing tattoos on kids because that's that's a that's a right-wing talking point. But like that they're representing these characters with tattoos and like their sponsors or the network was like, hey guys, um, there's a tattoo epidemic among the eight-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> you should come down really hard on that. And they're like, tattoos are wrong. Meanwhile, Seattle has a face tattoo and like... Stacy has a skull well, tattoo. <laughs> the other thing too is like it's one thing for Gus to be against Stacy getting a tattoo, even though she already has one, which is weird. But then Seattle has a tribal tattoo of her own on her face, and they have her give a speech about how she is upset that she got it. She regrets it. And I'm like, wait. In the second to last episode, why are we now having, like, a two-second moment where one of our only people of color... Well, I guess, like, technically the only person of color? Yeah, because the other ones aren't people. Yeah, the other ones are aliens. 
So of the humans, the only person of color regrets her tribal tattoo. That's that's a choice. <laughs> that's it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. And then Stacy also has this like completely I mean it's it's justified, I guess, with this completely outs outsized reaction to Gus telling her what she can and can't do. Like she was flipping out. And I'm like, oh, there's something with this planet that's like making her angry. Oh, well, she's just acting story. like a 15 year old. And then he's just like, never tell a Bonner woman what to do. And I'm like, oh my oh, God. That was so just supposed to be do you like my Gus impression? Yes, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the joke. <laughs> she's a woman. Yeah, it's like, ha ha, a woman. She's so dumb. And I'm like, okay, this is, I mean, granted, this aired 20 years ago, but I feel like it wasn't that bad back then either. Like, come on. Oh, my God. Armand, you're real quiet. I was just kind of processing it all, honestly. Like, it's the last two episodes, and I'm looking at it like, you know, I've seen 25 episodes of just this noise and then talking heads. But then I just started noticing things in the animation. Like, did you see there's a few CG shots of the characters? Did you catch that? I How didn't. do you tell something CG when it's It animated? looks boxier. If you watch Futurama and look at the older episodes, when it like oh. shifts to 3D, it's very apparent. Oh. And I noticed it here, and I never noticed in any of the other episodes. And Maybe they're running out of budget at the end of the season? I think they want to amp it up, and I feel like this was sort of a promised look, investors. You'll get CG next season. And then... Oh, okay. But there's none in the next episode, which is curious. Tell me if I'm completely wrong, but does Echo sound different to you guys? Slightly. No. No. There's some moments where, like, he's walking, like, there's one scene I think he's walking away. It must be in this episode. And he's speaking, and it just sounds like some guy in a booth. It's really weird. Yeah, he was talking. I'm like, who is that? He, like, sounds a lot softer than he usually does. I thought they changed the actor. Maybe they had to record in a different studio than usual, or the actor was sick or something. They just didn't clean up the sound. Yeah. Anyway. There was one point where I thought Gus sounded weird too, but it was just like one line. <laughs> the actor's Gus, all he's shit. aggressive. <sighs> he's such a weirdo. <laughs> Did you catch that stare he had like a few times? Like he would just stare like straight at the camera and it'd be like yeah. perfectly symmetrical. It was terrifying. I mean, that's just par for the course for this show. <laughs> Everybody has weird stares because it's like, I don't know. They can't animate movements in the faces i don't i don't know <laughs> harrison's at like a permanent profile so he just looks like some weird shape like so i tried to draw a human face from memory harrison <laughs> is a weird shape yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to describe him actually he's just a weird shape it's a weird shape <laughs> all right so after we have this like whole spiel about tattoos gus like storms off because he's mad about Stacy getting tempted by tattoos, I guess. And Draga comes to check on him and he snaps at her. I'm like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. His true colors are showing near the end. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stress behind the set. And so when he's like talking to Draga about oh how like some, you know, young kids, they have to experiment with their self-image to figure out who they are, which was I don't know. Which weird choice. <laughs> yeah. And then like we started having flashbacks for Draga on the planet where we met the Otsurok. I'm like, is this gonna be a clip show? <laughs> like, 
what are we doing? <laughs> there were so many clips of the Atzerach, and I was like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but, uh, the well, the flashback stops, and Gus is like, so mad at I don't know Stacy and himself that he kicks a rock and hurts his toe and I'm like good. It's also <laughs> it's paint. It's not needles. It's not stick and poke. It's paint. So I don't right. know why they're this pressed. I don't know. The only thing I understand is Echo makes the argument that it's not a great idea for her to get her face painted with even if it's something organic but it's something from an alien planet and they don't know how her skin will react to it i'm like that is fair is where you should have started yeah and so in that tattoos are bad it's don't put organic material from a foreign planet on your face it's a great lesson for the kids like i'm glad they learned that early armands don't you put it in your mouth oh god But Thanks. yeah, like, stuck in my head now, by the way. In that case, get like a dot on your hand and see what happens. You know, see if your skin reacts because it's a horror trick. You, you can rub a little yeah. on the back of your hand, wait and see. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. should have done that before starting with her face. <laughs> Which she learns the hard way. Yeah, so she gets one little stripe below her eye, the same exact same way that Seattle's is. I was like, Hmm. I'm not sure if that's like on purpose or not. Could be. But yeah. But that feels a little appropriate of Stacy. Right. <laughs> and so they end up learning that it's not actually paint. It's a like microorganism that happens to be pretty. <laughs> and so for the locals, they don't particularly react to it. For them, it really is just paint. And even though they're like microorganisms, they don't really bother them because, you know, this is their planet. Whereas for Stacy, hers immediately starts growing on its own. And so her little stripe under her eye turns into like kind of like a vine, a swirling vine pattern all over her face. And then it spreads all over her body. And it's like, yep, okay, well, I mean, I guess we probably would have been in the same situation if she had put a dot on her hand, but. (laughs) But, like, that would have just been the more prudent thing to do. Yeah. And so I was just thinking, I really hate that Gus is going to be right, but only because it happened to be a microorganism and not because tattoos are bad. (laughs) He's right for the so Echo was right, really. Yeah, Echo was right. Echo was right. And Gus was right for the wrong reasons, which is not the first time that's happened. Which means I'm not giving <laughs> Gus any credit for being right. Yeah. And so the locals are like, well, there's this spring that's a six-day walk away that has some kind of property that can be used to wash these microbes off of you. And so like, oh, well, I mean, if it's a six-day walk, we can probably make that in a few hours. So... Let's go hop on our little bikes and go over there. And as Gus and Stacy are leaving, another huge creature comes. It kind of looks like a, a giant mole rat with scary teeth and starts attacking the town. And like Gus is just like, well, I've got bigger problems with my uh, niece over here. So <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs> not <laughs> like, my monkey's luck. not my circus. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, y'all. <laughs> 
And so they managed to trap this giant mole rat, but the cage that they have for it doesn't look very sturdy. Like, it doesn't look like it would hold it for very long. So I'm not sure what the long-term plan is for this thing. It makes me wonder if they're going to, like, kill it and eat it. But Could be. We we'll find out. We don't know. We didn't see that We'll part. never know. <laughs> yeah. And Harrison uses a phrase like after they're done he goes well i'll be and drago's like what and he's like i'm not gonna explain that <laughs> what will harrison be <laughs> what do you mean by that <laughs> like, yeah that's a i guess now we have a suspicion that harrison might be from the south so that's this other well, phrase yeah maybe maybe could explain some of this like kind of white supremacist behavior sometimes. Oh, dear. <laughs> bring up burgers, bring up <laughs> vending machines. It's not a southern thing. I don't know. to like cheeseburgers and vending machines. People all over the country <laughs> like those. Southern stereotype. No, it's not. Always about those vending machines. It's like, where no. are you getting this from? <laughs> A southern stereotype would be like barbecue, not hamburgers. I mean, we have it. Have you ever mentioned barbecue? I don't think so. Okay. It's because they'd have to pick a state that he'd be from because every state has their own barbecue. Mm hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Stacy and Gus managed to go find the spring, except there's no water left in it. But I was like, I think they were after the mud in the spring and there's still mud so could you not just like rub some mud on your face and have it be the same thing like nobody ever accused either of them of being smart yeah like I, or like why is the water itself so important i don't think you need the water anyway there ends up being a giant fly who uh, apparently likes to eat those microbes and just licks them off her body which is so <laughs> i saw this happen yeah. Watched it happen, heard it happen, and the only thing I wrote in my notes is I need to unsubscribe from Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. Uh, it sounds oh, like a no. certain kind of monster romance. It was. I'm like, oh, could <laughs> I be getting there? a ship? Twenty five episodes in. <laughs> no, wait, Echo. What's her name? I still ship them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah, um, it, it really went. Uh, it really went there. There. Well, what was interesting was that, like, obviously the fly had to use its suction on different parts of her body to get the microblock because it like had to go up and down her arm and like move over her face. I'm like, she has these things literally everywhere on her body, which Kindle means logically she would have had to get naked. But also, she's with her uncle. He left. I, I he left, so. and she had a really tender moment with <laughs> the bug. And she even mentions that the bug did the suction thing in her ear. So, like, she had a really tender moment with the bug. <laughs> she said it tickled. She's gonna come back and swim in the paint. <laughs> It goes, Season two, let's go. It goes back to that theory when we first started watching this and hearing all the sound effects, like where 
the parent puts it on for the kid they leave the room and they just hear this <laughs> and they rush back and say what are you watching and then they just say, oh it's gus bonner and co on some wacky adventure okay and yeah. then, there was like, so much moaning this week <laughs> So much slurping, slurping and moaning, and <laughs> uh. oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, she gets all the microbes off of her, luckily, and then she has this like weird monologue as they're driving back about how she did it as she was acting out because like quote, everyone thinks of me as Little Miss by the books. And I'm like, have no. your head is shaved. You have a tattoo. The, the ha your half of your head that has hair is pink. You have blue lipstick. Like, who thinks you're Miss by the books when they look at you? I feel like this is something they wanted to bring up, like, as, as character development for season two. But mm -hmm. it was just, like, too little too late. Mm -hmm. Like, way too late, considering her character design. I mean... She generally has been fairly consistent about following the rules, but she also does dumb stuff sometimes. You know, like a typical, I don't know, 18 or whatever year old she is. Yeah. So I'm like, I just, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks of you as Miss by the Books. <laughs> she thinks of herself as Miss by the Books. I guess so. And she was like, I wanted to do one thing for myself. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and so Gus, like, stops the motorcycle and gets off and has, like, a little heart-to-heart -heart with her and reveals that he has a tattoo. This man, who the has been going on and on about how tattoos are bad and she shouldn't get one, has a tattoo. I just can't. I can't with this man. And um, his tattoo is the symbol of the SGC, like on his stomach. Which okay. Um <laughs> Why not? not very creative. And he implied that there was once more to it and he had the rest of it removed and just left that part as a reminder to not do it again. Which is I weird. don't know. It's, it's weird. a weird choice. It's just a weird choice. I wrote in my notes that I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a Here bad role model. We can finally say that we can <laughs> be honest. I hate this guy. If if I was assigned to his team at the SGC, I'd be like, please no. Please You'd leave. Anyone else? <laughs> I will quit. I mean, yeah. Not worth it. Mm -mm. Arman? You've been quiet. I have been. I mean, I don't really have much to add to it. It's just I was picking up on like the sound effects this time, like you know, like yeah, it's noise to me at this point. Like again, it's just flashes it's of noise. light. And then I, I did you all catch that little goofy bass riff when they're having that back and forth <laughs> moment? I did, but I just saw it in your notes. Yeah. I believe like you. <laughs> little weird twangy instrumental, and I don't think we've ever heard it anywhere else in the show. But it was just like. Are they trying to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks before, you know, the I inevitable collapse? These last two. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. These last two episodes more than the others make the case for please give us a season two. <laughs> <laughs> they New do characters. a really poor job. <laughs> Sorry. Terrible job. <laughs> oh, man. 
I like your last comment, Armand. She is full of lies. Because, like, she promised, Stacy promises not to tell everybody else that Gus has the tattoo. And as she promises not to tell them, she's, like, crossing her fingers behind her back. <laughs> he threatened her, too, though. That was kind of dark. He's like, I'll go every, over every bump and hill. And she's, like, riding shotgun. Like, <laughs> Arzu, don't make that face. You look tired, Arzu. I... This show is exhausting. It is. <laughs> Are we ready to move on to the last episode? Please. Yes. Here we go. Last time. Last well, ever episode. It's called The Long three. Haul, and it has been a long haul, folks. That it has. <laughs> so, of course, like, we start out the episode with getting chased by some scary flying creatures as you do i yeah i was trying to figure out how to describe them they kind of reminded me like of a sphinx but with like a lizard head instead of a cat head and like a gross greenish brown color i just saw the wings and went great bats <laughs> and didn't no, think about it any further they were a little bit more dragon like than than bat like dragon bats so they're being chased, and it's only Harrison and one other person being chased. I don't remember who it was. Harrison was the one making a fuss about it, and <laughs> everybody else is at the Stargate. And so they dial to another planet to escape, and it's an ice planet, apparently. And uh, we learn that Draga likes the cold. So... Ice planet barbarians. So true. Right? <laughs> well, unfortunately, this one is not populated, or at least not in the immediate vicinity of the Stargate. And uh, I was immediately bothered by the factually incorrect way in which the ice breaks around the Stargate. Because <laughs> when a wormhole opens, the vortex will cut through anything that's in front of the Stargate, except for like Nakura or something. Right. But in this shot, the the wormhole forms and the ice doesn't break until they come roaring through on their RVs. So listen, like at this point, at this point, just the fact that they remembered to call it a DHD is nothing <laughs> short of a miracle. Right. And we like actually get to see them die in the DHD multiple times in this episode. I feel like we that's normally like an off screen thing that happens. I feel like I haven't even heard them talk about the dial home device before. Not really. Not on this show. Mm-mm. And suddenly like they're like, like, the DHD. I'm like, what show is this? <laughs> Felt like a completely different show. That's from yeah. the like that's from the main series. They never talk mm-hmm. about it on this one. Yeah. Like again, they suddenly remembered that they need a season two. <laughs> oh yeah, let's uh bring in some stuff. Well it's like let's bring in more, you know, centering around the DHD, but then also we get the wormhole thing wrong. So, you know, whatever. As you do. <laughs> and so Harrison is immediately really cold and he asks why the ancients didn't put more stargates on beaches. And I was like, well, if you think about it, they installed these stargates tens of thousands of years ago. So maybe it was a beach when they put it there. <laughs> you know? And this planet has since had an ice age. Well, you know, I mean, there we go. Stuff happens. That it does. And then Harrison. An idiot. 
he is. I mean, I feel like he's gotten marginally better over the season. I feel like he he started out the most racist, and he's ended up kind of okay on that front. He's and then sort of racist for Gus, it's the opposite. Now. <laughs> well, I mean, he's always been stupid, but like he's just stupid. But then, like Gus started out fine, and he's gotten more racist as the season has gone on. So that's true. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> but anyway, Harrison has this line. Of, we're never gonna find Draga's home planet, and I'm like, didn't we literally just do that a few episodes ago? Like, Maybe this was produced out of order. Maybe this wasn't intended to be the finale. No, because the last episode there were flashbacks to when they were on that planet. Oh, that's true. I don't know, man. Harrison's just, like, just having an existential crisis. We went to the planet with the Osirak, who looked exactly like her. I mean, slightly different shoulder shapes and face markings, but they're very clearly the same, you know, race of being. And I, so I thought we had established that she was an Osirak, but now we're still trying to find her own planet? I don't know, man. I don't know. So... I mean, if she's an ancient, then they should be ancients, too. I'm like, genuinely confused where they're going with this. I don't understand. Like, is it that her, where she's from, are Atsurak, too, but they broke off from this main home planet and went off on their own and developed the Stargate and became the ancients after developing the Stargate? So, like, they're originally Atsurak, but now they're ancients. You know, but that's just really convoluted. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. And so Draga displays yet another new ability. I, I think she has like 30 superpowers at this point. I, I don't understand why this show isn't Draga and team. Because she clearly is the most capable of all of these people. And because yet they she treat has, her like a toddler. Because she has such an innocent, like, toddler-like affect. And she speaks broken English. So they're like, well, she doesn't know anything. I feel like she only has a toddler-like affect because they treat her like one. Could be. You know, they never give her things to do, necessarily. Well, they then they treat her like a toddler because she speaks broken English. Yeah, which is racist. Which is very racist. Yeah. She's so, gonna, th- that's the thing. She's leaning into it. She's going to play it up. And one night, she's just going to decimate them all. <laughs> I, You know what? I wish she would. She, she's gonna. That's it. It's canon. It's fine with me. So she dials the DHD, but she says she doesn't actually know what she's dialing. She's like using her telepathy to figure out where they want to go and input the address which doesn't make any sense to me but okay new power revealed so they go through the stargate and the stargate is in a tent so of course harrison flies through it really quickly and knocks the entire tent over and they meet this woman professor elena martelon who tells them that they're in the yucatan so they are on earth I thought they were going to do a twist here where Mm -hmm. she's like, you're in the Yucatan. And they're like, oh, it's Mexico. 
And then you find out it's like a like a planet, like another planet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are they suggesting Mexicans or aliens? Like I really thought that's where <laughs> they were gonna go with this. Because can you blame me with how racist this show yeah. is? Well, I mean, you could have another planet be called the Yucatan with people who were taken from Mexico and to another yeah, planet. The, the gold aren't here. Well, the Tlacan are, though, and they I know, take slaves. We haven't, like, established that in the same way that we have with SG-1. Yeah, the Gwol don't seem to exist in this universe. They or exterminated them. I guess. <laughs> they either never existed or they were all killed off previous to the start of the show, because they're never mentioned. But I just... There's a Stargate in Mexico, I guess. I don't know what's happening. Yay. <laughs> and this professor has no idea that it's a Stargate, but the people that she's working for do, and they're not telling her? I'm not Which makes sure. Sense. It makes sense that they're not telling her. Her outfit and hairstyle made me think of that Atlantis movie, like the animated one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, that just made me think like that would be the kind of outfit that they wore in that movie. Well, Atlantis is Stargate, so. No, the the animated movie made no, in I the nineties. I know the Disney the Disney movie from the two yeah. thousands. That's it is Stargate. It is the same movie. It is the exact same movie as Stargate. Just the alien is different. Oh, you're talking about like plot wise. Yeah, it is the it's exact the same. same movie. Right, Armand? Okay, I see what you mean. Sorry, I tuned back out. me up. Atlantis, the cartoon, yeah. is the same as Stargate 1994. It's, it's literally the same movie. The same movie. It opens with <laughs> awkward professor man with glasses giving a lecture nobody's taking seriously. And then some mysterious European lady's like, come with me. <laughs> and then he like falls in love with an alien lady and stays behind while the rest of the team goes home. But one of them was voiced by Michael J. Fox. So, I mean, so he Superior wins. product there. Excuse me, James Spader is Man's a legend. Sexy. <laughs> have you have you rewatched that film? Atlantis? Yeah, I mean it's the superior animated film. I guess we should talk about it on this. <laughs> That'll be our podcast. next one. We're just gonna talk about Atlantis. <laughs> There's more to we, say about that movie. We could totally do an Atlantis viewing and talk about all the parallels to Stargate. We should. Like just to the movie even. Yeah. The same movie. Stargate. That'll be our next that'll be the next time we bring Armon on. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. We're finding ways to get it back on here. <laughs> anyway, so we're not letting you go, Armand. You can't leave us. Free me from this torture. <laughs> but it's Atlantis. You like it? Yeah. Yeah, that movie's rad. I'll watch it. It again. won't be Infinity anymore. <laughs> it will be in our hearts. Oh boy. So, in any case, we find out this professor is working for this like very stereotypical evil madman I guess named Horst von Gelder and he he, he's just like a classic money grabber he just wants the Stargate for power and probably to go through the Stargate to find plunder you know very stereotypical very boring anyway (laughs) what's more interesting is that so Echo manages to radio the SGC and they're like surprisingly happy to hear from him, which was interesting. 
And they say that they actually already have a spy down at this camp in the Yucatan. And, and so they're going to ask the spy if it's true that there's a Stargate there and also send some people to check it out. And so we find that the, the SGC agent working on this dig is the fake Grimes, the uh, alien Nephestus who is posing as Grimes from the SGC. <laughs> Like, oh, that guy. Like, Bringing it back to season, or episode one. I think the, the bit where, I know I'm jumping ahead of it, but the bit where Bonner, like, tells the audience he knows what's going on, and that this isn't really him. Um, fake Grimes is like, you know me, I'm, and then, like, uses his full name. <laughs> like, there's nothing more suspicious <laughs> than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it is I, your old friend. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh. So you're not who you say you are. Right? That reminds me, I saw something on Twitter today about an SG-1 episode where um, Jack isn't sure if Daniel is actually Daniel. And he was like, how do I know that it's you, Daniel? And Daniel goes, because? And Jack was like, yep, checks out. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward answer. That? <laughs> That's how you know Grimes is fake. Yeah. <laughs> and so Hephaestus, who is who looks like Grimes, changes his shape to look like the general in charge of the SGC. And so he talks about how he is going to take Draga and Gus back to the SGC but not the rest of the team. And he's giving them two days off first before they go back to the SGC. And I truly do not understand. He did not explain this. So I don't even understand within the episode why, like what he's telling them. The reason is why only two of them are going back first and not all of them. Like is the plane too small? Can they not all fit? I mean, maybe he, like, obviously he wanted the rest of them out of the way. So maybe his thinking was, you know, they would understand it as Draga being the points of interest and Gus being the leader are the two that are going to go back. Like, they don't need to all be there. But they all need to be debriefed. Like, we debriefed So, like, I mean, obviously, like, Nephestus is trying to split the team up, but... But they're stupid (laughs) is the part you're forgetting. Yeah, and so, well, he, like, orders the team to go get some sleep, and Echo and Draga are going to stay and, like, guard the RVs, and he doesn't want them doing that because he's, you know, being a weirdo and, like, trying to do stuff in, in the dark, and so he manages to order Echo to go get some sleep because he's in the military, And he tries to order Draga to go away. And she's like, I'm not in the military. I'm not taking your orders. And I'm like, yes! Damn right, Draga. You tell him! And so, yeah, it's just so weird. So in order to split up the team, he tells the cadets to go take two days off in Cancun, which is apparently, like, just down the road. I don't know how true that is. (laughs) I'm gonna look it Do some Googling, (laughs) Arsene. And they're not allowed to take any of their gear or weapons, of course. They're just given, like, a nondescript van 
to go drive themselves. I'm like, I don't understand. If you're determined that you're going to get these four team members to go off to the beach by themselves, don't you want to, like, have one one of your own people drive them to make sure they actually get there? You know? <laughs> you would think. I think they're just short-staffed because the Van Gelder guy only has two people working for him besides the professor. So... <laughs> And the professor is just, like, missing through most of this. And so I guess, like, he needed the two goons in the camp. And I, it just okay, doesn't make any so sense. Cancun is about mm -hmm. three and a half hours drive from Yucatan. Is the Yucatan a pretty big area, though? Yucatan's a province. Okay. So assuming they're, like, close to the border of the province. Uh-huh. Okay, let's pick this town. I'm just going to the airport. It's a 90-minute drive, so it's not bad. Okay. I mean, it's not exactly down the road. But, you know, day-tripable. a reasonable drive, I guess. You but also have to drive through a time zone, though. Oh. it's interesting. Well, what I found the most amusing about this drive was that they're driving down this road, and they get to a T-stop. And there's just a giant sign that says Cancun on it, and that's it. It doesn't have, like, mileage or anything like that. It's just Cancun that way. Like, well, yep, you know, the famous legit. giant Cancun sign <laughs> made that up. <laughs> so they had planned that the two goons that work for this Van Gelder guy were going to ambush them on their way to Cancun and I guess kill them, I'm assuming. And so, so <laughs> sorry, last thing on the geography before somebody gets mad. Cancun is in the Yucatan Peninsula. So really they they could be five minutes from Cancun. Okay. And just in the Yucatan Peninsula as opposed to the province. Okay. Slash yeah, I was town. wondering if they were no, not province, referring like the to town. the Yucatan as like a cultural area. As yeah, if to like the peninsula then yeah. Cancun is in the peninsula so they could they could be like five minutes from Cancun okay well so when they get to this giant Cancun sign they stop the vehicle the team stops the vehicle and they're discussing whether or not they really want to go to Cancun or if they want to go back because it was pretty sketchy what was going on and I'm just like these goons are terrible at their jobs because they were literally right there at the crossroads and they didn't attack the team. <laughs> I'm like, they stopped for like a solid two minutes and y'all did not attack. I feel like I know animation is produced like in bulk. I know they're not doing these each week as they air but here at the end, I feel like they're really phoning it in. <laughs> like really phoning this one in. Well, I feel it's more phoning it in for the writing than it is for the animation. The animation is fine. Yeah, sorry. I just mean animation like as a series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like animation wise. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the story is weak. But I mean, it's always been weak. So. It also doesn't have the energy of a season finale, even if they thought they were no. getting a, a season two. No, it really doesn't. And so... The team decides to go back because the whole thing was pretty fishy. And so Nephestus is like 
finally revealing himself. He like calls the Tlacan and tells them to come through with a team. And the Stargate is making weird beeping noises again. Like we've never heard this before. I'm like, why why are there suddenly weird noises in these last two episodes? We've it's never had a mystery for season two. I I guess. <laughs> and so of course, like the team gets back just in time as they're fighting and you know, Echo makes himself spiky, which is always fun. Hot. <laughs> and then the that poor professor who has no idea what's going on. It's just like, what's happening? <laughs> this poor lady. <laughs> She's going to quit and go into like investment banking. <laughs> right. She's had enough. And so they end up, the Tlacon end up, well, they don't catch the team. The team manages to dial the Stargate and go to some other random planet to get away so the Tlacon don't catch them. So the Tlacon decide to take this Van Gelder guy back with them to their home world as a constellation prize, I guess. I'm like, are you going to put him in your museum? This Me? show makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Also. So, yeah, go ahead. No, actually, I'll save that for the end. Also, Nephestus transforms himself to look like Van Gelder just in time for like the professor to come running up and he was like oh yeah man it was crazy there was like an alien and they did this thing and she's just like mind blown i'm like i does she even know that aliens exist (laughs) i mean she might given that it's 2027 but she didn't know what a stargate was well she might know that they exist but she might not know how they got there yeah but you would think that you would only know that aliens exist because you know about the Stargate. And if Not she doesn't... Well, how else would you know that aliens exist? Through, like, civilization, artifacts. Like, there's just no record of how they got here, but you know that they got here. Okay, but, like, aliens that exist now and can come to Earth. But, like, I'm saying if she knows about the concept of aliens, and it has been, like, confirmed and acknowledged that, yes, this is real... But she's never encountered it in the present day. Maybe. I just That's feel the only like. way I can think of. Because like when we look at like historical stuff or even like not even history, like even like factual stuff, science, like we know mm-hmm. it is a thing. Yeah. We cannot describe the entire process. We don't know quite how it's done, but we know it's a thing. So. But yeah. I feel like it's one thing to have proof that that aliens came here once upon a time long ago and like aliens are still a thing that are around now and can come to earth present day well that's where her shock comes from is that they are still around not that they exist in the first place yeah but still it's just like if you don't even know what a stargate is then just casually stating that there is an alien is really shocking i think i'm giving it more credit than it deserves (laughs) and so i i don't know what happens with that poor lady who knows she and marries an ice planet barbarian. <laughs> and so I think the helicopters from the SGC show up at the end of this. And I so I guess Nephesis's plan about having a spare Stargate is kind of ruined because I'm assuming that the SGC is gonna take the Stargate back with them. It's not like they're just gonna leave it there in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. And know? let this archaeologist play with it. Yeah, this archaeologist who doesn't even know what it is. 
So who knows what's going to happen with that Stargate. The team had gated through to back to the ice planet again. And so they have this like whole long speech thing going on as Draga is like random dialing the DHD again to who knows where. To the ice planet. Well, no, they're on the ice planet and she's dialing somewhere else. And Harrison delivers a line, we're in it for the long haul. And I'm like, okay, thanks for saying the title. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they're basically talking about how they're still have their quest to find Draga's home planet. And so they're going to keep going on their missions in order to try to find her home planet. And I'm like, I didn't think that that was the goal from the beginning. I thought the goal from the beginning was to find proof that Gus Bonner was framed for that crime and to get Draga back to Earth safely. Didn't one of their friends, like, they met Gus Bonner's friend somewhere along the way and she said she was going to, like, prove his innocence? Yeah, when they were at that climate conference or whatever. Maybe the goal changed after that. Maybe? So she's, like, working on the innocence angle and they're going to get Draga home. I guess so. But it's like, I mean, from the beginning, it was like they only went through the Stargate in the first place because they were running from the Talkan. So the first several episodes were like they were literally just running for their life. And then it was like they needed some kind of proof that the Talkan set them up. So they were trying to figure that out. Well, that's what I mean. That's what that lady's doing. I guess so. Plus, they need to set up their thesis for season two that they're never going to get. I think, yeah, the thesis for season two is we're actively looking for Draga's home planet. Now, okay, now that we're at the end of the episode, I can say this. <laughs> I, You told me this ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So I was expecting a cliffhanger. Like, mm-hmm. they're in the SGC, and they're like, you're innocent. And then someone comes in and goes, wait, I'm Gus Bonner, or whatever. And we learn, like, <laughs> Gus Bonner hasn't been with them in, like, weeks. Right. And... Like, it's like, he's like, and then it like fades to black. Like, that's what I thought, as opposed to just like, they haven't gotten Draga home yet, which like they can do eventually. Well, to be fair, I didn't know what kind of cliffhanger it would be. I just read online. Well, I'm not saying it's like you. I'm just saying it ends on a cliffhanger. Like, y'all, that's not a cliffhanger. I mean, it's a a loose thread. It's a baby cliffhanger. It's a loose thread at best. It is not a cliffhanger. Like, they're all fine. We well, we're going to figure it out eventually. It's it's like loose threads. They're as fine as they have been for the entire season. Yeah, so they're fine. <laughs> Maybe they can go back to that climate conference planet and be like, exactly. hey. <laughs> I put in my notes for the finale. I'm like, why don't they just go back to Earth and figure it out from there? Because they've got the climate conference lady, but then apparently she's done bleep all since. So, Well, when... Echo called the SGC to tell them that they were there. The general didn't seem upset. Like, he seemed pleasantly surprised to hear from him. And then was immediately murdered. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. <laughs> immediately murdered by our alien boy. No, Nefesta. he wasn't murdered. <laughs> immediately murdered. What I thought was funny was like, Echo talks on the phone to the general and then the general shows up like an hour later. I'm like, um, I think the plane ride would have been longer than that, buddy. <laughs> he was already on his way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm i just really not sure 
what the final message is supposed to be, both for like this particular episode and for the season. Because there's like this whole speechifying thing. Stacy has this little monologue where she's like, You told me once that the best world is always the next one. That's what makes it the best, isn't it? Because you don't know what it is, because you have to discover it for yourself. And I'm like, I literally have no idea what you just said. What what does that mean? Adventure is out there. <laughs> I get like so what's the final message like hope for the best go on adventures make your own discoveries yes what, what's the message yes Armand what that's do you think I honestly guess uh, I don't even know how to answer it um I, I can't I don't have an answer sorry what, what do you is think the... adventure is out there yeah what is the thesis for this show that's i think that's the beauty of it it's it's one of those things that there's really no ending i mean (laughs) it just goes and like you're done this and then this now what you just start from the beginning again and you watch it under different pretense like a different set of eyes the show is infinite (laughs) it it all makes sense now like it's like there's the promise (laughs) of a sequel that never comes like it's it's kind of beautiful they hint at it what it could be yeah and then it just kind of like just as you're about to like you know taste it, they just snatch it away, and it's like, well, start from the beginning. Do you think the show is called Stargate Infinity because they're going to be going on these weird little missions for Infinity? Yes, it literally is. It has to be, <laughs> but it's also just sort of Stargate will be Infinity. You know, like plan our planet's gone in several billion years, mm. and then the radio waves that broadcast this are still out there. So it truly is infinite. Yeah, that's true. The Stargate is infinite. It's incredibly difficult to destroy a Stargate. Yeah, and it's it's kind of beautiful in that sense. Like this, this is high art. It deserves to be in the MoMA. It's it's (laughs) the show. But like, you want to get like the DVD box set and like put it in. You have like the only DVD. Hear hear me out. The only DVD box set in existence in like a glass case. And then you just have like an old tube TV on top that just plays oh. the first episode all the way to the end and it just keeps looping. And it's just always like torture. on. No, but so <laughs> it's, it's connected to its own power source. The power source is calculated to last for like thousands of years. <laughs> it, it's a beautiful piece of art. It outlives what? its creators. It is art. That's torture. That sounds like torture. Yeah. <laughs> and then the when they discover this, first thing they're going to say is it was built by ancients so long ago <laughs> and it just loops it's the beautiful part about it all well if i would shake true. every single person's hand who worked on this i would shake their hand look them <laughs> in the eyes and say you've created something beautiful i have always wondered like if any con would ever invite the Stark infinity <laughs> people to come and talk Get i don't think panel. they have all one of their viewer comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking it'd be fun if, if somebody could organize a Stargate con where we talk about all the Stargate shows. But this one's not technically canon. And it's like, well, if you invited the Infinity people, would there actually be an interesting discussion? Or would it just be like everybody like hate piling on them for having such a terrible show, you know? <laughs> Like I wouldn't want to invite I'm them sure to a con. I'm sure there's at least one other person out there besides me who's a really big like who appreciates this show for the art it is. 
you really go back and forth on your opinion, Armand, because like there are some days where you're like, I hate it's, this show. It's like life. Like that's the beautiful part about this. You know, like some days you're just like, fudge, I can't take it. I caught myself there. Fudge, I can't take it. Thank you. And some days you're just like, you know, this is great. It's, you know, it's both sides of the same coin. It's Stargate yeah. Infinity. Yeah. We are all of these characters. They are archetypes <laughs> okay. of ourselves. I hope not. <laughs> I hope I'm not as racist as these characters. <laughs> That's their flawed forms. <laughs> oh, there's man. the hero's journey. There's, yeah. you know, the epic of Gilgamesh. There's Stargate. There's lots of, like, coming of age stuff in this show. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's... You know, sort of growth. That's the whole concept of it. It's just this eternal growth. Infinite growth, if you will. Yep. You can go back and appreciate, like, different things. Like Harrison Stills. Or, like, the weird sound effects from the background. Like, you could consume this in so many different ways. <laughs> Are you going to miss Drago's moaning? <laughs> I'm going to miss question. all of their moaning. <laughs> I'm going to miss the random sound effects, the random pauses. <laughs> the freeze frames on weird faces. <laughs> Ripping through the portal at, like, the speed of sound. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, this season ended on a baby cliffhanger. How do we think it would have been continued if it had been renewed for another season? I think it would have been more of the same. Just the focus more explicitly being on getting Draga home. Yeah. But otherwise, the formula was... Yeah. I can see that. What do you think, Armand? I think they would have revisited one or two of the current planets and sort of seen it, how it's progressed, and that would tie deeper into the plot. Hmm. We'd also probably okay. revisit the question of Gus Bonner's innocence, but, like, somewhere around the middle. Yeah. At the season, yeah. like, his, his climate conference friend would come back. Yeah. And Echo Echo's relationship with that alien who's the different. <laughs> you wouldn't have call her Clara. I don't think that's right. No, but that's not right. It was definitely Kira? not a corresponding name. We'll discover what will Harrison be. You know, Harrison would finally get his cheeseburger. He'd be like, finally a cheeseburger, right? Like he would finally find a beach planet that had a vending machine and cheeseburgers. Like, <laughs> I think yeah, I think all that would happen. I think. um Seattle and Stacy would be giving something to do. I hope, especially Seattle, who will once in a while have generational trauma and then not do much else. <laughs> yeah, once in a while connect with animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think that Draga is actually an ancient? No. Okay, but if she's not, how do you explain her special abilities? She's a god. <laughs> okay that's what I got I mean to be fair we have seen other races within the SG-1 show that even though they didn't create the Stargate they are extremely proficient with using the Stargate that's true because like we've seen that the Nox can create a wormhole with no technology they can just do it naturally i think and the asgard do have a piece of technology but it's just like a very small like little hand device they don't need to like actually dial so you think she's one of those 
So I, you know, she may be a part of a race that has such strong, like telekinetic and telepathic abilities that they have some kind of mental connection with the Stargate. And even though she does have to physically dial the DHD, she can connect with it in a way that it tells her which planet she should dial. Yeah. Sure. 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 We're <laughs> Which, never going to uh, know. Power. And it's never going to happen. So for all intents and purposes, that's canon. <laughs> well, so if it's true that she's an ancient, this show would have to exist in a parallel universe to the universe that SG-1 is in. Because we do eventually meet the ancients in SG-1, and they just look like normal humans. Maybe they have the ability to shapeshift and Draga doesn't know that. Oh. Because we never meet really the ancients in this show. Yeah. Maybe she just doesn't know because she grew up with the humans. That makes me wonder. So that would mean that the Otsrock that they met could shapeshift and chose not to because they don't want to look like rock crawlers because they're racist on their own. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> racism being a motivation makes a ton yeah. of sense <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean this show is not canon so I mean I could I could live with the fact that this is a parallel universe in which she is an ancient and she just looks a lot different than the ones in our usual universe you know yeah <laughs> I'm sad it's done but I'm also relieved right bittersweet mixed feelings tonight Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about this and I was like you know we've been talking on a podcast about these characters if these characters had their own podcast what would they talk about okay I got Harrison (laughs) is that the Roman Empire he would yes no that's Gus no, Butter that's Gus, uh, that's Gus. <laughs> he's got the which again if you're by the time you're listening to this the Roman Empire joke is an old one but it's topical right now <laughs> yeah it's um, trending right now <laughs> Harrison's podcast would be one of those like bro podcasts where they talk about like you know negging women and like how to, and, like a pickup artist thing and like how he doesn't want to like date women that have too much life experience. So, like, 19. I think that could have been true at the beginning, but I do feel like he made a lot of character growth by the end because, like, he was defending the girls that, like, wanted to look nice and stuff like that. But was he defending it because he wanted them to, like, have freedom of expression or did he just want them to look nice? I mean, it felt genuine, I thought. Early thinking, early series yeah. Harrison would have a pickup artist podcast and yes. he would go on like a redemption tour with a notes app apology. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then he'd start talking about something else. Well, I was thinking by the end, his podcast would be like a food and hospitality while traveling. So like you go to a new place and you rate their food and their hotels. So he goes from like a pickup artist to Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Cause he loves food. He loves nice places to sleep with hot showers. I mean, that seems like the perfect gig for him. That tracks. Go review different resorts and you know. So yeah, I could see him doing that. But yeah, Gus would absolutely have a history podcast for (laughs) sure. 
How often does Gus Bonner think about the Roman Empire? Every <laughs> day. Times a day. Constantly. Literally every 60 seconds at least. Never stops. If he's it's always awake, there. he's thinking about the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. He's been written up a few times about it. About talking too much about it? <laughs> yeah, just people are concerned. Can you please dial it back? <laughs> They're just annoyed. Can you please like, get this guy to shut up about the Romans? <laughs> and I think I think maybe I could even see Draga maybe tagging along with Harrison and having her own podcast about fun things that she's learning about Earth. Like local customs and traditions and sayings and this kind of stuff. I could see her like wanting to explore... You know, have fun and learn some stuff. What do you think? Yeah. Hmm? I don't really have strong feelings. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think Seattle's would be, like, really stereotypical. I mean, if if the creators were envisioning this for her, they'd be like, oh, she's definitely going to talk about, like, indigenous rights and displacement. You know, like, (laughs) it's going to be, you know, stuff having to do with Yeah, she's got, like, a political podcast. (laughs) Yeah. She's branching out into YouTube. She's very active on like all the platforms. She makes mm-hmm. this, like really concise infographics. She goes to protests. Yes. And she like mm-hmm. actually goes to protests. Like I I live with the memory of this one influencer who like went to a Black Lives Matter protest in like a gown with a ring light. And she like took a picture holding the sign with the ring light. And then when she got the shot, she like packed it up and left. Yeesh. Of course. She doesn't do that. Seattle do that. She oh, no. attends the protest. Seattle will organize protest. it, if anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would like to think that she comes back around to realize that her tribal face tattoo is actually cool. Yeah, and then she like does a whole like three-parter on TikTok about coming mm-hmm. to terms with her tattoo. Yeah. Totally. I think Stacy's would be similar. I think hers would also be about like civil and social rights. Because she does argue on behalf of the locals a lot. I feel like in this show. I feel like one of them would have a book talk account. And it wouldn't be a podcast. It would just be like book talk bookstagram. Maybe Echo? Who it would be. Yeah. I think, I think Echo is the most likely one to be a reader. Echo not only has a is like big on book talk and bookstagram, but he like gets into fights in the comments. Oh yeah. For sure. Like big time. And big like time. He gets on TikTok and gets really when he gets really passionate about a book he's talking about, his spikes come out. <laughs> he rates them out of spikes. <laughs> <laughs> One to ten spikes, ten being the best. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you know, all of this makes him realize how much he loves Clara, Kira, Karen, whatever her name was. <laughs> I love this ship so much that I don't actually know what her name is. Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. I mean, I wrote it down. I just have to find, find the document that I have. That I don't know what episode that was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it. Don't worry. Okay, we'll find it. Krita. That's it. Nice. And their ship name was Krico. Right. I was like, it sounds like Kira. It was Krita. Yep. Yeah. He's gonna realize how much he loves Krita. <laughs> That's it. Do you think he would go live with her or bring her to Earth? Bring her to Earth. And then they can travel around. Yeah. I see that. 
for some reason, I'm suddenly reminded to a point in this, the last episode, was the last episode? No, it was the tattoo episode where Echo was saying how he doesn't understand, like, makeup and, like, adorning one's body. And I think it was Stacy who was like, that's because you were born looking different. And I'm like, uh... Rude? (laughs) So... (laughs) Are you saying that his people, it would be unusual if they wore markings on their skin because... Well, already green (laughs) makeup like emphasizes and highlights certain facial features. Echo doesn't have any, (laughs) so (laughs) yeah, it would be weird. I mean, he could have have body paint though, that's true because his body is like mostly uniformly green, you know. He should put back on his little t shirt and propeller cap. I don't actually know if it was a propeller cap or if that's what my imagination turned it into. I don't think it was, but it's fine with me. But I would like it to be. (laughs) I also feel like he would have some threads on his TikTok about discovering what home is. You know, because he doesn't feel at home on his home planet. He doesn't always feel at home on Earth. And so, like, his search for his like personal identity and like where he feels comfortable in the world and stuff like that. You know, he's he would have some like philosophic discussions with his followers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is your last chance y'all. Any final thoughts on this iconic show? It is what it is. (laughs) Well, you know, going back to what we said since the beginning, the one thing that this show does, well, maybe not always, but usually does pretty well is a creativity in the design of different alien characters because they're not restrained by a costume budget like a live action show would be. So, you know, they have the Tlacan, which are look kind of like lizards, and they have all the, you know, people with extra arms, and they have... You know, I like the uh, I like the fact that it's a lot more alien heavy than I mean like than when I say humanoid I mean like a person with makeup on yeah like it's a lot more alien heavy than humanoid yeah that said the aliens start to look the same after a while yeah it depends sometimes I feel like they got lazy like there were some that just like giant spiders you know or giant scorpion but some of them were pretty inventive and interesting. Yeah, some of them were. Yeah. but So, I mean, I'll say that. Like, that's definitely one of the best aspects of the show. Yes, I agree. I feel like maybe occasionally there was a good lesson here or there. But for the most part, the lessons were pretty contrived. Like, don't do drugs. Don't get tattoos. Don't lie. Sometimes I'm like, I get it. And sometimes I'm like, I what? Yeah, and sometimes it was more vague and kind of confusing, hypocritical. And uh, I mean, I do, I mean, I guess you could say that the characters were all pretty well developed, even if we didn't like them necessarily. They all had pretty distinct personalities and backstories. So that's mildly good, even though they were uh, kind of racist and sexist a lot of the time. Armand, what are your final thoughts? I know I'm going to go back and watch it 
from the beginning. Why? I don't know. Just, <laughs> just feel to feel something again. No. <laughs> Self-immolation. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it was such a weird show, and like I mean, in hindsight, like some episodes would just drag on like crazy, mm-hmm. and then some episodes would be like, oh, it was an interesting premise if they went somewhere with it. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I feel like it's such a there's a lot to extract from it, like from the images. Like there's a few reaction faces I would definitely use online somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there's some, there's something to mine in this, and it's interesting. So I might go back and revisit it. I might <laughs> count how many war crimes they did. I may make a drinking <laughs> game out of it. I might just find sure. something new with this thing. But it's it's an it, interesting piece of media for me. I do think that a lot of episodes started with an interesting premise, and they just didn't take it where I thought they would and it just ended up not making a lot of sense like it, it started with a kernel of something interesting and then it just kind of splooted out <laughs> just collapsed splooted splooted vile I'd watch it again would you? <laughs> one more time I, mm, I don't. would you watch it sober? no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I sure. Do, I do it sober. <laughs> it's I, better sober. I would have to be desperate to watch something to watch this again. I think. <laughs> I don't know that I could do it. I feel There's... like yeah. I think Arma's idea of doing it as like a drinking game, I would do, but <sighs> that's still a lot. I would not watch it alone. Like twenty six, twenty five minute episodes. Not that's all a... in one go, but like. <laughs> You know, like every time there's like a party or something, you throw on a couple of those, whip out the shot glasses. I don't know. Dr- throw on a, a different drink. episode on each screen in the house and then just kind of. That could be like an event. It's like some weird ambient background. Convention. Has hard coded <laughs> subtitles into it. It's like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, you could make the drinking game like take a drink every time somebody says something racist. <laughs> And take a shot every time Gus says something misogynistic. Finish your drink when they commit a war crime. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> In that case, yeah, you probably couldn't do more than two episodes at a time. <laughs> Just for your own health and safety. It's not recommended. Yeah. We are not officially sanctioning this. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today, and that's it for Stargate Infinity. We'll be back next week with the SG-1 Season 4 finale and Season 5 opening pair episodes Exodus, Enemies, and Threshold. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. I have a few other socials that I don't actually check, but you can probably find me on there too. Like Blue Sky, Hive, yeah, I don't know. They're around. (laughs) <laughs> Armand, do you have anything that you would like to promote? Uh, anything Armand related you can find on Armand.life it's just a domain oh, it's that's a new thing I'm online. Ah, it's been around for a bit, I still have to work on it anything from work to before. personal you'll find me there yeah, okay. it's new to us yeah, it's new to us <laughs> eh, full of surprises <laughs> <laughs> alright, how's you? how about you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Arzu Amin, and I will be there until this ship sinks. You can find me at on Blue Sky. I think it's at Arzu Amin.bluesky.social. 
Um, I'm at RZD2 everywhere else. So Hive, Tumblr, Instagram. As a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are at the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We're at thegeekywaffle.com. We're the geeky waffle on YouTube. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon. <laughs>